Hi, welcome back to Sister Saints. This is Christine Stevenson, again, your host. And I'm super excited to be here with my friend Savannah Siemens. And she is the youngest person that I've ever interviewed for this <laughs> podcast. So it's super exciting. She just barely got home from her mission in 2019. So she's only been home about a year. And she went to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, just to give a little bit of background on her. Um, she's really cute and fun. <laughs> she is going into elementary ed. She's doing an online school, WGU. I'd never heard of it until mm-hmm. today, so that's pretty awesome. But right now, everyone's doing online school, so it's like the thing mm-hmm. during the year of COVID. <laughs> she loves music. She um, was just telling me that she is learning some chords on the guitar, and she's really talented with that, so that's pretty awesome. She played sports in high school. She did mostly tennis. And she has nine siblings. She's the second youngest to nine siblings. So that's pretty crazy. And yeah, she married her high school sweetheart only four months after she got home from her mission. (laughs) So she is newly married and newly returned from her mission. So she has a lot of information to share with us, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) So welcome, Savannah. We're really excited to hear from you today. So I want to know what made you decide to go on a mission. So, there are a lot of um, sisters that I met on the mission that would say they never really wanted to serve a mission until, like, they graduated high school and they just thought, oh, this is me, I'm doing this. And that, I was one of those girls. I um, never really had a desire to serve a mission. I remember when I was little, um, there was a time in sacrament meeting when someone was giving a talk. And he said that if you were planning to serve a mission, to stand up. And I remember um, a lot of people around me and my brother stood up and everyone kind of was kind of looking at me, I felt like, and I didn't stand up. And I was like, I don't want to serve a mission. <laughs> like, I'm not going to stand up. And then, um, I guess to make a long story short, I, it was my junior year of high school and, and there's a lot of pressure in deciding on which college to go to and what I was going to do with my life. And I just had no idea. I didn't feel like I was being directed in any sort of way. And, and then I just kind of thought, what if I serve a mission? Just started thinking about it. And then as I continued throughout high school, I just thought more and more about it. And I just felt better about it. And finally senior year came and I graduated and, and that summer, um, I had the choice of whether or not to go to girls camp and I didn't want to go but I felt really prompted and inspired that I needed to go and I had no idea why I was just like I don't want to go but I did and and while I was there um I was really kind of questioning my direction or again and where I was going in my life and if I actually wanted to serve a mission and and I was I was dating my husband at the time, and he was preparing for a mission, and I was just confused. And so I remember I was at girls' camp, and then we were in the cabin, and, well, actually, I was all by myself. And I kneeled down to pray, and I was sobbing at this point. I was so distraught and confused. And, and after I prayed, I had remembered that earlier in the girls' camp, one of my leaders... Um, talked about just randomly opening the Book of Mormon and how sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I thought, okay, whatever, I'll just give it a try. And, and so I opened opening up, the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. to, to find an answer to what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. 
So I just, I opened it up and I opened up to, I think it was Alma 32 or Alma 42. Hmm. One of those. And where it's Alma talking to his son, Corianton. And it's the very last verse in the chapter. And it just says like, oh, my son, you're called to preach unto this people and so on. And, and that really hit me hard because I, I mean, and I, I don't know if it was an answer from Heavenly Father telling me, yes, you need to serve a mission, but it felt like it. And so um, I took it as an answer and I said, okay, like from this point on, I'm going to start preparing and I'm going to, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and then um, when my, when my now husband, but my boyfriend at the time, he um, was leaving on his mission. I remember feeling so jealous because <laughs> I was like, I just want to go right now. Why does he experience this? But but him leaving actually really um, helped helped me to prepare for my mission because it gave me that desire and it, it helped me to really push forward to, to work on that. So that's really how I decided. to. No, oh, I love that. I think that's so great. I just feel like sometimes we think that these answers are going to come with like a lightning bolt or like mm-hmm. something huge, something crazy has to happen. But the majority of the time the Lord talks to us with, like our thoughts and our feelings. And so it's like Mm -hmm. how you said, I think that was an answer. I took it as an answer. And it's like, if Heavenly Father didn't want you to go, then you wouldn't have taken that as an answer. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So I think it's so great that Heavenly Father knew exactly what to give you at that time for you to take that. I mean, because you were, you were ready, you were willing, and you were like, I'm not sure. And so then Heavenly Father's like, I know this is all I need to do to make sure that she has that like confirmation. So I think that's so great. Thank you for that story. I um, I love how Heavenly Father works with us. I love that President Nelson is always like, how do you hear him? Like, hashtag hear him. And I feel like it's legit like a whole lifetime of trying to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's so great that like that, that prompting, that, I mean, like, going on a mission is such a pivotal decision in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you were like, I got it. And I hit the ground running. Like, this is what I needed to do. And so this is what, I mean, like I was like dead set on it. And I love that because I feel like a lot of us are like, well, I don't know, or maybe, or <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I, I know that Heavenly Father will answer our prayers and it's just not necessarily on our timeline. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so great. Yeah. Thank you for that. So I want to hear, you said you have a couple people you want to tell us about today. Mm-hmm. So let's hear the first person. Okay. So um, I, I taught a lot of wonderful people on my mission. I'm so grateful for all the people I came to know. And, and you know, the more I think about these experiences and the people I taught and and you know who got baptized and who didn't it it all just kind of runs together and it do, it doesn't necessarily like um make me sad that they didn't get baptized because they still learned and they progressed and you know it's still a wonderful experience so um one of the people that I wanted to talk about today her her name is Jessica and I wanted to talk about the miracle of of what she taught me and the blessing that that became in my life so um this was in my first area i was serving um in an area called dunwoody georgia and it was kind of close to the city and and we were also covering a ysa and so 
I remember just this area was actually really difficult because it was so close to the city and there's a lot of more wealthy people and not as accepting to the gospel and and during this time I was feeling very um distraught and very just we're not progressing like we need to find more people to teach because we weren't teaching very many people and I was just so upset and I remember the day before we met Jessica um I had a meltdown and I was just very upset with the fact that we didn't have any people to teach and I remember just sitting with my companion and and talking to her about this and how long were you out there at the time so this was probably like my second or third transfer so I was still pretty new I was very fresh (laughs) in the mission and um so after we had talked about this and and everything the very next morning um Jessica came to church all by herself she just showed up and she said I I think I remember she said she had a friend that had told her about it and so she found a church and she just came <laughs> and you know that I mean that doesn't happen very often <laughs> no it doesn't so she came into church and we we're just like oh my word like she just came right and fell into our laps you know <laughs> and so we we started teaching her and at the very beginning she she progressed very quickly and um So yeah, she she started progressing really quickly and um it was really great and we had even talked about baptism and then um the next lesson or the next couple lessons she kind of started to go downhill and she she had a lot of really big concerns about um gay rights and modern day prophet and just stuff like that and I remember we'd have like a really we had like a really good lesson with her and then the next time we met it was just like very um heart-wrenching and it just so concerning that she wasn't progressing as much anymore and she brought up some really good questions about a modern day prophet and it really kind of t- started to tear my testimony a little bit about the t- about the prophet. So what was her question? So it was mostly on um like gay rights and and our stance with that and um and whether we really have a prophet that mm-hmm. okay. Cuz yeah, she kind of tied the two together and just thought that like if this is what we believe with gay rights, then I don't agree with that and that's from our modern day prophet. Okay. And so I, and that's not necessarily where my testimony was lacking, but it was just how she would talk about the prophet and, and, you know, whether or not he was a true prophet. And it kind of just brought it all back to the restoration and if that was true. And so I remember um, after a lesson, we came home that night and I, I wasn't really necessarily like deeply struggling with my testimony but I had some questions and a few more doubts than I've had my entire life and so I went I prayed about it that night and I went to bed and the next morning I prayed about it again and I felt really inspired to read through Joseph Smith history 
and specifically the first vision. And there's so much power that comes with reading that. Um, And I think especially as a missionary where, you know, that's what you're teaching. You're teaching these people that. And and so I read that and I just felt an overwhelming peace. And my testimony was just strengthened so much and just became rock solid. And, and we, I brought that to our next lesson with her and it didn't, it didn't really change her perspective, but it definitely changed mine. And I realized that my testimony wasn't as strong before I prayed about it. And I had that desire to know for myself. And I think there's a lot of miracles like that um, on my mission where I had a concern, so I prayed about it, and then my testimony was so much stronger. <laughs> so that's really what I took away from Jessica is, is just that we have a true prophet, and that has really helped me ever since coming home from my mission. Oh, I love that story. I think it's so great. I just think how often um, those same questions come up when you're not on a mission or, like, before you served a mission. And, like, it, I mean, it because you were out there at that time when it hit you and like that confusion and like, hold on, do I know this? And Mm -hmm. then, but in the place you are like surrounded by the spirit and like trying to serve God, then it's like, I mean, I love that heavenly father is like, here's how I could teach Savannah. this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's so wonderful that we end up learning so much more than we would ever think. Like, of course, you're like, I have a testimony of a prophet before I went out. I had a testimony of the restoration and of Joseph Smith. And then going out there and when people come at you with, with like serious doubts and like, and like serious arguments about their doubts, then, I mean, I think it's so great that Heavenly Father takes that and he's like, here, let me solidify this for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Let me like, let me build upon that like already strong foundation that you have. And then, when it hits you again, you'll be like, no, no, I already prayed about this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's so great. Thanks. I love that story. And then I want to hear about the next person that you want to, that influenced you out there. Yeah, for sure. So the next one um, that I feel inspired to share is a story about Andrew. So we taught Andrew in our, in my second area, um, and so the way that he was found was, it was actually on exchanges, so I wasn't there when he was found. But um, the other sisters had been store contacting. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh-uh. So it's a thing where, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to <laughs> other people, but you go into a store and you just kind of like try and talk to people Uh-oh. in the store. That's interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So, but he was found store contacting. I think the story goes that um, they were talking to someone else. And um, one of the sisters was talking to this lady. And then he came up to the other sister and said, hey, what's that book you're holding? I think I've heard of it. Like, tell me about it. Wow. And that's like the prime moment <laughs> of the missionary. Yeah, <laughs> and so... Awesome. Um, they set up an appointment, we met with him, and we just continued meeting with him. He had a strong desire. So he And actually, was he older or younger? Or? He was um, older. He, he was probably in his 40s, I think I remember. So he wasn't like old, old, but, but he, he wasn't was mm-hmm. young either. Yeah. Middle-aged. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah, middle-aged. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he 
was actually from Idaho, and he had relatives that were members, oh, okay. but he was never taught very much about it. So we started teaching him, and, and he, um, over the course of us teaching him, had a lot of concerns with the word of wisdom and just changes in that aspect. And we had taught him everything, and we had invited him to be baptized, and he wanted it, but he just had a really hard time changing his lifestyle. So we had just, we, we taught him um, almost the whole time I was in that area, and I was there for, I think, tr- three transfers, three or four. I was there for a while. Holy cow, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I actually left the area, and the sisters kept teaching him. And when I left the area, um, we weren't really in contact with him. And so I was really like, oh, okay, there goes Andrew. Um, and then I kind of tried to keep in contact with the sisters a little bit, see if they kept teaching him. And um, later I'd found out that they had continued teaching him. He was progressing and that he was getting baptized. Oh, wow. So that was great news for me. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's getting baptized. And so I remember this profound, it was a profound moment. Um, I was able to go to his baptism. Cause oh, wow. Mission president would let us go back to our areas at that time and go to baptisms. And so I was able to attend. And I remember the first time I saw him since I'd seen him and teaching him. And, and he was completely different. Oh, he wow. had, his hair was shorter. He <laughs> just looked like so, he looked so clean <laughs> and so happy. And I was just like, oh my gosh, there's a light with him. And he, he just came, went through this amazing change and it was incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I, I, what I take away from Andrew is, um, the power of diligence and the power of change in repentance. He taught me so much about repentance because, um, just the fact that he was able to hang on for so long and, and, you know, get through such hard things in order to become clean and be able to be baptized. It was an incredible example to me. Isn't that so awesome? I am reading this book right now called Willpower Doesn't Work. <laughs> it's kind of a weird segue. <laughs> but he talks about how, like, if we really want to change, then a lot of times we can't, like, muscle through it. But we have to, like, change our whole environment. And I feel like when you were like, he was so clean, like you can tell that it wasn't just a like, okay, I'll stop drinking or smoking for right now. Or I'll, I mean, like, I feel strongly about it right now, but it's like, no, let me change everything. I mean, it's like, and it's slowly, it doesn't happen right away, but it's like, as you change your environment, then, I mean, then you are reflected in it. So you're reflected in your environment, whether it's good or bad. And I love what you said, how it's like, he looked so clean. Like Mm -hmm. he had such a light about him. It's like your whole self changes when you turn yourself over to God. Mm -hmm. And I love that you were able to see that. I think it's so great. And he really taught me that, you know, the atonement of Jesus Christ works. Because I feel like sometimes we hear these stories and it's so hard to apply it to ourselves. But the more we experience it, the more we see that it is so real and the atonement of Jesus Christ can overcome anything at all. So it's Isn't incredible. it so awesome? I love that. I mean, it's true. It's like if we are willing to like lay everything out for the Savior, then he, I mean, 
He takes it all from us. We don't have to carry all of that. We don't have to carry all of the sin and regret and frustration. It's like he could take it off and we could just be lighter and, I mean, like, move more freely. (laughs) It's like sin really is such a heavy, hard thing. And a lot of times, I I mean, I think it's so great that you are able to see, like, firsthand. Mm -hmm. Like, he's struggling and he's not progressing and then going back and it's like you could physically see the change. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's so awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that, Andrew, right? Mm -hmm. That was an awesome story. Okay, let's hear about your third person. Okay. So, yeah, I just have one more that I would love to tell you about. So, um, and her name is Evelyn. And she was um, in my third area. So I served in four areas. And my third area was a little bit more rural, um, but it wasn't like in the, in the sticks or in the boonies. It was just a little bit more. It wasn't necessarily in the city. And so just a little bit about my area. <laughs> so um, with Evelyn, it was another miracle of meeting her. Um, so we, I remember we were at church one Sunday and a member comes up to us and he says, hey, um, I was driving past this house and I felt very prompted to stop. So he oh, wow. stopped, <laughs> which is crazy. You know, members usually don't, like, I wouldn't do that. Either. I don't know if I would. I don't know. For real, that's yeah. crazy. So he stopped and there was an answer. So he's like, oh, come on, there's got to be a reason. So he told us about it. And he's like, I, if I were you, I'd just go back and just see. <laughs> so we're like, okay. Kind of weird. So, <laughs> no. so I remember throughout the week, we, we went back and we stopped at this house and nothing. Just a couple times. And we're like, should we give up? Should we keep knocking on this door if no one's here? So I remember we had left a card, a little pass along card. And um, we came back uh, after our lesson had fallen through one day um, in the same week. And we'd seen that the card was gone. We're like, oh, someone got the card. Good. <laughs> so we knocked on the door and, or no, I don't think we knocked on the door. I think that they actually called us from the card. Um, I can't remember when, but they called us and they said that, um, they were interested or something. I cannot remember, but we went back and there was this, um, this sweet 18 year old girl, um, Evelyn, mm, Evelyn, (laughs) she was the one that got the card and apparently she had put it in her car. Um, it was just a little picture of Jesus and she, um, she wanted to learn more. So she was home and we ended up sitting on her front porch and just talking to her about the restoration one night. And um, she had so many concerns. Um, I remember she, she like, started crying very, very beginning of the lesson. She oh, just wow. was saying that she wanted a connection with God and she, she wanted to know about more about being saved and what she had to do to do that. And She's just so confused, and we're just like, let, let us tell you what we know. <laughs> and so I remember very first, um, we knew that one of her biggest concerns was developing a relationship with Heavenly Father, that she wanted that so badly, and she wanted to know how to pray and how to develop that relationship. And she knew a little bit about religion because her mom and her aunt went to a different church, and... Um, but she like never really went with them. So she just had a lot of questions. So we met with her a lot of times and she progressed 
very, very quickly and very well. And um, we actually got permission to take her to the temple and walk on the grounds with her because we were like really close to the temple at the time. So could you normally not do that because it's a different area or normally, yeah, we could we couldn't do that, but we were able to, we got permission from our um, APs and they said, "Yeah, go for it." So we took her over and, and we walked on the grounds with her and that was a really special experience. And she just kept progressing and then I remember one day she um she just she started going downhill because her mom was kind of trying to get to her and and trying to keep her from progressing on along the path and and whenever we met with her we never met inside because her mom didn't want us inside and and it was very difficult and so she um she had agreed to baptism and then she had um kind of changed her mind a few times and then she eventually said that she didn't want to meet with us anymore and that was the worst day it was so hard but it was interesting because at the same time I felt a lot of peace because I felt like she had progressed in the way that she needed to at that time which is so interesting because um you know you want them to get baptized you want them to join the church so badly but and you want to see it exactly like I want to be there for it (laughs) yeah but I I remember with her Um, I just felt at peace that she had gained a relationship with Heavenly Father, and that's what she needed to do at that time. And that taught me so much about my relationship with Heavenly Father and how strong it was and how it could be strengthened. And, you know, I think it's, I I really think it's amazing how we can continue to strengthen our relationship with Heavenly Father throughout our lives, depending on circumstances we're going through and and so I'm so grateful for her and, and for what she taught me, even though she didn't end up getting baptized, but she, she was then. Yeah. Right. Just then. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I, we would kind of joke about that. It's not funny, but like, we would always joke about like, is Satan getting to her? Like, because it's like, as soon as they start progressing, a lot of times when investigators really start progressing and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And then. Like, the next time you go see them, then it's like, oh, a family member doesn't want them around. Mm-hmm. Or this guy keeps showing them anti, like, I guess not anti-Mormon, anti-Church of Jesus Christ material. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's like, there's all of these things that come into play as soon as they start progressing. But I feel like the best thing about this is that, like, this is God's plan. This isn't my plan. And we can figure this out. I mean, like, he'll figure this out. It'll all work out in the end. And so I was just like a step in that process. I wasn't, wasn't able to see the end, but I was able to be a part of those steps. Mm-hmm. I think that's so great. Yeah. So I want to know, um, I didn't tell you this before, but I want to know what was your favorite thing to teach while you were out there? Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's really hard. <laughs> I, I think my favorite thing to teach, though, was the plan of salvation. Because I feel like that has a lot of the questions that people have, um, or that lesson contains a lot of the questions that people have about life after death and why we're here. And I, I just love the plan of salvation so much. And I, I personally have found so much peace in it. And so I just love, 
um, seeing the light in people's eyes when they receive that knowledge. Oh, I know. I love, I love the part at the end where it's like, and after we're judged, then there's these degrees of glory that we could go to. And people are like, yeah, heaven or hell. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Cause I remember we'd always say people aren't just really good and really bad, but there's lots of people in between. And I love that idea that like heavenly father has a place for each of us, mm-hmm. that it's not just like all the good or you did you did one too many bad things now you go to hell yeah <laughs> like no there's I mean like there's just so much room for everyone and he has such a it's such a beautiful plan I love that it's called like the plan of happiness and I mean it's like if we really want to experience joy in this life then we have to realize that like it's just a part of the whole plan mm-hmm. and I, I love that too that's that like one of my favorite it was a very big te- thing teaching that in the south because there's so many different churches and oh, so yeah. many Baptists who firmly believe in heaven and hell. And like you're saying, it's just like, no, there's so much more. There's so many more blessings that come from a loving Heavenly Father, you know? It, yeah, it's like a revolutionary thought. Like, honestly, I would say the, the majority of the people in the world don't know about that. <laughs> and so I love, mm-hmm. I love teaching that. I think that's so great. And I want to hear your biggest takeaway from the mission. Okay. <laughs> So, it, it's so hard to decide on, like, your <laughs> biggest takeaway, because you learn so much. But I, I think that my biggest takeaway is that your desire determines everything. And the reason for that is that when you find someone to teach, um, their desire really determines if they're going to progress. If they want to know if it's true, if they have a desire to really find out for themselves um, has a very big effect on whether or not they're going to progress. And also applying it to myself, um, my desire determines my own progression. And um, so I I think that your desire um, is really what Heavenly Father works with. Uh, He doesn't I mean, he thinks it's great that you learn all this knowledge, and but your desire is, is solely what's important, I feel like. So that's what I've taken away. From oh, I love that. I think it's so great. I am so thankful that you served a mission. <laughs> I think it's so... I just think of, like, the power of... Um, because I've known your husband for a really long time. And I just think of, like, the power of like a husband and wife both having served and like the strength that um that both of you obtained during that time and that how that can be instilled in your in your kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think like this is such a beautiful plan and I'm so thankful that President Monson like lowered the age so it's like easier for girls to get mm-hmm. out. Like 21 was an awkward age to go. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it really really was. And I love that this I mean, like, really, it can set you up for such a lifetime of, like, beautiful experiences. And I know that you can have them without serving a mission, too. But I'm so thankful that you were out there and shared, like, your light and your love with the people of Georgia. And, yeah, thanks so much for doing this with me. And that is the end of our podcast. (laughs)